Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. chapter of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Matthew 14, 13 through 21. Now, when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went to shore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away, so that they may go to the villages and buy some food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. So what do we learn when we hear today's gospel reading? First, I think we learn about the heart and mind of God. Second, we hear another of the signs Jesus offers as to who he is. And third, we hear Jesus responding to the needs of people in that time and place. First, the heart and mind of God. We hear of Jesus being deeply saddened when he heard about the beheading of his cousin, John the Baptist. So much so that what he was trying to do is withdraw to a deserted place. in the boat and he wanted to be there by himself likely to mourn the passing of John in such a terrible way and also pray for strength to move forward in his mission on this earth but that doesn't happen what doesn't happen is he doesn't get to that place of solitude when he gets ashore he sees a great crowd that has followed him Apparently they've gone along the shoreline and obviously they knew about Jesus and wanted more of him. His word, his teachings, his ability to heal the sick and the diseased. And it says Jesus had compassion 
upon them. And this compassion, the word that we see translated into compassion, is more than just feeling sorry for them. The word we hear translated as compassion conveys a deep, internal feeling of sympathy, care, and concern for the people with great needs. In today's modern term, it is such a deep emotion that it would not allow Jesus to just walk away from these people to his place of solitude and rest. Rather, Jesus has this deep sense of compassion, deep sense, on the people with such desperate hopes and needs. So what does he do? He begins to heal them. The sense of compassion is evidenced in Jesus' many other signs of who he is. Sometimes we call them miracles. These acts of healing the blind, the lame, the deaf, those afflicted with leprosy, the most dead disease of that time. And there was also three instances of Jesus raising the dead. Remember what Jesus did when his good friend Lazarus died. Lazarus with his two sisters in Bethany. And when he hears that he, the, that Lazarus, his good friend Lazarus had died, we hear this, Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. While it may be the shortest verse, it is perhaps one of the most powerful. It demonstrates the heart and mind of God. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. So we're seeing the heart and mind of God just in that phrase. Jesus wept. That's how it affected him. It's good for us to know the heart and mind of God is filled with this kind of compassion for us. When the disciples remind Jesus it's supper time, and to send the crowds to the local villages to buy food. Jesus does something that really kind of, I'm sure, caught them by surprise. He says, hold it, you feed them. And they had to go, what? You've got to be kidding, Jesus. What are you talking about? All we have here is a couple of dried fish and five loaves. How can we feed them? And I'm sure Jesus had a smile on his face when he tells them to bring those two dried fish and those five loaves to him. And then he does another of his miraculous signs demonstrating who he is. And that's important. That he demonstrated who he is. And out of his compassion, he blesses the fish and loaves and meets that immediate need. 
And when all is said and done, there are 12 baskets left over. Can you believe that? Wow, 12 baskets. Hard to believe. Wow. But we have to remember, Jesus didn't feed and heal everyone. But he used those occasions of immediate need to demonstrate, first of all, who he is. It's God come to earth in the person of Jesus. And can do those things only God can do. All of which point to the ultimate reason for God coming to us in the person of Jesus. To meet the world's most immediate need. The world's most immediate need. And we hear what that is in John 3.16 and 17. We often forget 17. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that all those who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then we swing into 17 for Jesus says he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came to save it. That's a powerful word. Save. For God knows our greatest need is to know God, to know the heart and mind of God, so to speak, and to know God's absolute compassionate love for us, his creation. And Jesus came into the world to make that love known, to know the heart and mind of God, compassion that goes all the way to the gut. Back then and yet today, we call it the good news, and it was good news. God has a compassionate heart. God's love is gracious, meaning it's just given. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's just given. It's a gift. It's unconditionally given as a free gift. And sometimes that's one of the hardest things for us to absorb. God's gracious love. The cross points us to God's forgiving love. And as a pastor, I found out throughout my ministry, sometimes that's the hardest thing for people to accept, God's forgiving love. Because so, oftentimes somewhere in someone's background, there's something they feel that God just won't forgive. And most often what that is is something they just won't forgive of themselves. But be assured, God forgives it. Forgiving love. God's acceptance of us. I had a college professor who was quite old at the time when I was in, in seminary, excuse me, seminary professor. His name was uh, Dr. Flesner. And uh, he would describe God's acceptance of us as uh, he accepts us warts and all. Yeah, warts and all. That's God's acceptance of us. That's God's love for us. 
That's God's compassionate love for us. Another thing I always liked about Dr. Flesner was he had a wonderful saying. And he used it often. He said, we are saved. Remember, Jesus came in to save the world. We are saved. Let's do our best to act like it. That is the challenge of Christian faith and life. First, a part of salvation is to know in absolute assured terms that God's love for us is unconditional. There's nothing in our past or present or future that can break that love of God for us. We are loved, we are forgiven those sins of the past, those sins of the present, and those sins of the future. Know it deep in the heart of our being. And once we have that, we can start acting upon it. We can act upon it in our everyday lives. As opportunities present themselves, and they will present themselves in so many ways, they're the subject of a thousand different sermons of how we might approach them. But that's the challenge. That's our life challenge. To act upon the salvation we know in Jesus Christ. There's a kind of a simplistic way to do that, I think. Some, something in my own mind I often use. And we see it in the lettering, capital letters, WWJD. When we approach the situation or there's a situation that's approaching us and we need to respond to it or we need to respond to its needs, we ask ourselves the simple question, what would Jesus do? WWJD. What would Jesus do? He's our guide. What would Jesus do? That's the challenge of life. Acting out. Act upon the salvation we know through Jesus Christ. There'll be many challenges, many that we have already faced, many we will face. And respond to them in the faith that we have within us, to live out that faith within us. It's a struggle, it is. Sometimes we may do very well at it. Other times we will fail uh, enormously. But God's always with us and always urging us on. Always, each and every day of our lives. That's a challenge of Christian faith and life every day of our life. Thanks be to God for this good news that comes to us for our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.